You know, in God's word, it says that we can never shorten the hand of God. Can we? Or can we? Sometimes maybe with our attitudes. I don't know. But I do know that I had to go all the way to the West Coast to hear my brother here. In 2014, you were at the church ministries convention out there, and you, I believe, had the opening night or something, or the second night anyway. And I'm thinking, here he's in Atlanta on my coast, but I had to go all the way out there to hear you. So, I mean, what's wrong with that picture? But nonetheless, I'm happy that I did hear you and that thus you were an invited guest to come to our camp meeting. Uh, He is passionate about prayer, and you will find that out. And I know you can read the uh, camp meeting brochure just as well as I can, so I don't need to tell you the litany of things that he's been involved in, but he's been a conference president, and now he uh, resides in Atlanta, where he has a very large church, the Berean Seventh-day Adventist Church. So if you ever get to Atlanta and you don't want to go all the way to California, um, you can visit him there. So we're just glad that you're all here this afternoon. I, my prayer is that you receive the blessing that you came for. And so, uh, Brother Russell, it's all you. And we have a special guest pianist with us this week, every day, Celia Waller-Boone. Uh, she lives in my neck of the woods in Charlotte, so, but you will find out that um, she is someone that you love to hear play the piano. She can tickle the ivories, as they say. Thank you. Thank you. Do I need this? Are you taping? Yes. You are taping. Yes. Is there a clip here? Interesting. Good afternoon, everybody. Well, it was four of you. Good afternoon, everybody. I was uh, thankful to the Lord that that I didn't have the two o'clock time. That's right after lunch. I said, maybe uh, it's digested by uh, that time. I have been praying about uh, our time over the next few days. And uh, I struggled whether or not to uh, do the note thing. Um, And I have an office to design those to bring them. And I said, in this type session, uh, what are we going to do? I'm going to set it up each day to lay a biblical framework uh, for what I'm talking about, and then we're going to experience it uh, together. Uh, let's bow for prayer. Let me find out who's in the room, first of all. Just give me your name and what church you're from. I, um, I um, am originally from North Carolina. I'm a Tar Heel uh, all the way. Um, I was uh, born in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, anybody from Greensboro in here? Hey, great. All right. Uh, glad to have you in the room. You're the great. I'm glad you have a front row seat. Uh, otherwise, I'd have moved you up from Greensboro. And my wife is from Durham, North Carolina. Uh, she went to a little school, um, UNC Chapel Hill. And uh, my brother-in-law went to Duke. So at basketball season, they uh, they had had each other uh, completely. Uh, but um, uh, have never got a chance 
uh, to serve in North Carolina. Oh, of course, I've been back a few times uh, in this conference, but uh, uh, there is nothing that is finer than in being in Carolina. Uh, let the church say amen. amen. Any South Carolinians in here? Uh, okay, several of you. You have my condolences to North Carolina. <laughs> no. Um, any uh, Georgians in here? I, I, I saw some in the last section. What part of Georgia? Atlanta. Atlanta. What church? Atlanta North. Atlanta North. Okay. Right up, uh, wait, 75 or 85? Where are you? 85 to 85. 85 to 85. Okay. Now, what, what county do you live in? The cap. I'm, I'm in Cobb. And what's the church at? What county? The cap. The cap. Okay. Yeah, I, I need to go over to Atlanta North. Uh, let's let's start on whoever having the room. Uh, let me start with you. Name and where are you from? Uh, Lydia. My name is Lydia. Lydia. It's a beautiful biblical name. Yeah. This is my mother, and we go to Concord Church. My name is Arden. Concord. Greenville North. Clinton, Julia, Paul. Oh, uh, Greenville North. Okay. Hey. And, oh, Atlanta North. All right. Aiken, okay. Great. Great. Glad to have you here. Mandy from Upward, Little Tiny Church. In what city? Uh, Hendersonville. Hendersonville, right near us. Yes. Nancy from Hendersonville. Hendersonville. Hendersonville Church is represented. Jenny from Franklin. Franklin? I know we are. I passed by you on the way in. Yes. North of Virginia, a Tidewater area. Great. Wayne from Fletcher. Fletcher, oh, right up the road here. Wilkesburg. Wilkesburg. Um, the racetrack is there, right? <coughs> All right. All right, yes. Yes. I'm from Vernon Mountain. Which part of Mountain. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. All right. Glad to have you both here. Yes. Wilkesboro. Okay, it's my sister's name, Tiffany. I remember that. Yes. Oh, June. Okay. Okay. Great. Church is represented here. Yes. I tell you, Pastor, you were here. Yes. Mills River. Okay. Great. Okay. Great. All right. Winston Salem. Okay. Right down from my hometown, in the regional, in the Piedmont Triad. Yes. Harry and Teresa from Columbia First. Columbia First. Uh, Glenn Altamat used to be there. Glenn's one of my f- best friends in the world. Yes. Yes, right here. Me? Uh-huh. Mills River. Okay, great. Malcolm from Whiteville. Whiteville. Marlene from Mills River. Mills River, great. Max from Arden. Arden. Carmen from Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach, north or just Myrtle Beach? Just Some great vacations down there, yes. yes. I'm attending the Hernandezville Church, but I, my membership is in Colorado. Okay, welcome. But you pay your tithe here, right? Hendersonville, <laughs> <Yeah>. Hendersonville, <laughs> right here. Ellie Green from Charlotte. Charlotte, what church? Sharon. Sharon, my my daughter and her husband lives in Charlotte, and our grandkids, yes. Bob Hendersonville. All right, great, right here. Newport, Tennessee. You had to think about that, didn't you, Sandy? Uh, Newport. All right, yes. I'm Sharon Nottingham from Sharon? Florida. What part of Florida? I'm on the East Coast. What's, what city? I happen to live in Palm City. Oh, I know you are. Down. Yeah, yeah, I went to Academy there, Forest Lake. Yes. 
Yeah, yeah, back in the last century. <laughs> Makes you feel old. You see the last century. Yeah, if you see the century after that, you know you're really old. Yes. Kernersville between Greensboro and Winston-Salem. Are you going to that church that's so fast growing that you're pulling members from everybody right now? No. Yeah. <laughs> well, is that the church that's? That's the mother church. Okay, that, that I, I'm hearing great things about that church in Kernersville. Absolutely, yes. Raleigh, which church, which church in Raleigh? Okay, yeah, yeah. I've been to Gethsemane a few times. Okay. Yes, they just, church burnt, right. they're, they're restoring it now, mm-hmm. yes. Phyllis from Fairview. What, what, <laughs> North Carolina. North Carolina, amen. All right. William Morgan from Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, my old but something ground. first brought me down to South Carolina. That's all right. Well, I pastored and started at Cleveland, Akron, Dayton, then went back as a president after I came from the D.C. area. Yes, indeed. Toledo First? Toledo First Church? Been there. Yes. Well, the website, I've been there, but never been to the church. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Wendy from Arden Church. Arden Church. I get great your newsletters I still get for for about 15 years now. That's all right. Welcome to the family. Amen. Let the church say amen. 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 Yes. Robert from West Columbia Church. West Columbia. Okay. Uh, uh, originally Bangladesh or India? India. North or South? South. South India. All right. Just with I was just in the UK week before last with the pastor. My host John Milky was the pastor. He's from South India as well. I was um, right outside of London. Yeah, we, we, we before last, yes. Holly Carter from Greenville, Tennessee. Greenville, Tennessee. I've been up there, yes. What church? Sharon. Sharon, all right. Sandy Meyer from Asheville. Asheville, okay. That's a beautiful country there, right up the road, yes. <laughs> Bria White, I'm from the Irwin Hills Church. Irwin, where's Irwin Hills? Irwin Hills is Asheville. Asheville, okay, okay. Georgia. Jefferson, Georgia. You didn't see my hand. <laughs> <laughs> now, who's Jefferson, anyway, Georgia? I'm a member at Auburn, Georgia. Oh, okay. You know right, right at the university. Yeah, right down the road from us on on right. the on the twenty, on the twenty freeway. Yes, yes. Marilyn from Foster. Yes, I was to do some leadership for the students there at Auburn. Yes, <laughs> from Fort Foster. That's up. That's up this way. Fletcher is it? Who's Foster Asheville. Church? Asheville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm Dixie. I'm, I live in Spartanburg, but I go to the Tri-On, North Carolina, too. That's all right. That's all right. Yes. Yes. Okay. A lot of more. Why are you sitting from your members over here? They all. This is the Mills River section over here. They should have came over here. Yeah. She says you all came in late. That's why. Yes. Yes. Wayne from the Statesville Statesville. I know we are. Statesville. Yes. You're great people. I love you. You know that. Awesome city. South of Greensboro? Where about? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right down the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. Fairview. Deborah from Greensboro. Greensboro. Go Greensboro. Yes. Lynn from New Bern. New Bern. Out in eastern North Carolina. It's tobacco row out there, you know. Yes. Fairview, great. Yeah. Arden. Arden, okay, big Arden. Amen. 
Y'all still have the newsletters coming, I was mentioning. Yeah, I get them every month and read them. Yeah, yeah. Middle Creek. Okay. Talitha Franklinton. Franklinton, okay, yes. Donna, Sarasota, Florida. Sarasota. Glad to have Floridians up here. Sarasota, West, West Coast, Florida, right down south of Tampa. Yes. Tomek from Outer Banks. Okay, so you know that last section, my favorite part, Outer Banks, yeah. Cheryl Wyatt from Lincolnton. Cheryl Lincolnton, okay. Karen uh, Norris from Lincolnton. Lincolnton, great. Calvin Wetmore from Arden. Arden, okay. Rick Bamer Fletcher. And Fletcher, right up the street. And Donna Fletcher. Fletcher, okay, great. We'll talk about um, the prayers of the desperate uh, this evening. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, Lord, um, I just trusted your presence in this room. And God, we're going to talk about that which many in this room have lived. And those who have not lived it, if they hold on, they will be there eventually. And God, we want to just talk this evening very openly about this. And then, Lord, to experience it as well. For our prayer is in Jesus' name. Amen. The prayers of uh, the, the desperate. Um, desperate and soul-staring prayers result in answers when God is sought in desperation. He does respond. Listen to this. The prayers that God hears most and quickest, if I can say that, are the prayers of the desperate. And that is when you don't have a fallback position, when you don't have a plan B, uh, when you don't, you can't come pull the alarm uh, button, when you uh, cannot turn to anyone else, that you're at that place in your life aware, if God does not come through, through you are totally in trouble. Amen. Has anybody in here ever been in a situation where you did desperate praying? praying? Desperate. Well, some years ago, um, um, my wife felt a a growth on the clavicle right here under her neck. And um, we were talking about it, and the Lord impressed her to uh, end up uh, going to the doctor. Glad she did. She went to the doctor, and the doctor looked at it, and he says, I think we need to get a biopsy for that growth. Uh, that doesn't look good at all. Um, uh, Brenda went back to the doctor, got the biopsy, and he was called a few days later, and we decided uh, both to stay home that day. And as we were home that day waiting uh, for the phone call, we were uh, living in, uh, living, where were we at that time? We were living in uh, 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 Baltimore uh, at that time. Um, the phone rang about 10 o'clock that morning. You always remember the time uh, because time stands still when you're about to go through a storm. Can I get in a witness from any people who've been through storms in here before? Um, my wife is kind of uh, very low-key, and uh, she doesn't really always show immediate emotion with things, unlike me. And uh, Brenda, Brenda takes the call, and it's the doctor, and all I hear Brenda say is, yes, doctor, oh, doctor, yes, I, I will set the appointment. And um, I'm waiting, literally, if I don't sound cliches, literally with bated breath. Uh, we're sitting on our bed in the bedroom. 
She's laying down. I'm sitting there. And she says to me, she says, the doctor just informed me that I have cancer. For whatever reason, I fell off the bed to the floor and I just curled up. This is about uh, 13 years ago, just curled up into fetal position. And I didn't cry. I began to wail. Has anybody in here had the you you're, you 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 go past crying? You just begin to well because of the circumstances. I remember going downstairs to my home office, and and I'm a pastor at this point, um, and I just began to cry out to God. Uh, I began to just call on the name of the Lord, and there are sometimes you get downright bold with God, uh, that you get past the nice polite prayers. I call them. And now you lay me down to sleep prayers. I'm talking about when you just come at God in such a bold way. And I ended up having this conversation with God. It was not much of a conversation. It was more an argument from my side. And I'm trying to make my points to God. And I said, God, how is it? I'm, I'm serving you all of these years. I'm, I'm always ministering. We, we, we've had to stretch. We've had to sacrifice uh, to do this at times, our family and everything else. And God, how, how do you allow this to happen to Brenda? Her, how do you allow it to happen? Well, um, I got myself together. But I just began to go on a journey, a prayer that I had not been on before. I, I began to spend nights on my knees and crying out to God because things were not looking good because they diagnosed her as having Hodgkin's disease. And I says, oh, my God. So we began to call around to all the lifestyle centers uh, in the country, to Waybar on the West Coast, Lifestyle Centers of America, uh, Wildwood Up by me right now, and uh, even, uh, what is it, Yuji? Is it Yuji Pines? And, um, and all of them were saying, you know, you need to, we, it's not much we can do. Why don't you go get the traditional treatments, because they were saying chemotherapy, and uh, you come back and see us, and we will rebuild your immune system. I remember the day we went to the, um, uh, to the place to get her going with the chemotherapy. It's a, it's, a, it's a very sterile room where you have people sitting in recliner chairs. Can I get a witness anybody what I'm talking about? Those recliner chairs, and they, gave, they put the port in, um, at the hospital, and she went for her first treatment uh, for chemotherapy. Um, um, that's coming back. Great memories now. And I remember her sitting in that chair, and I'm uh, sitting right down the hall because they had no chairs in the room at that point. I kept coming back and forth, and that stuff began to go into, uh, into her body. And my wife is a very small lady. Uh, she, she looks like she's about 18 years old. And uh, she, the people think I'm her daddy. <laughs> so what happens when we're in the store? It says, um, and they say, is this your father? I said, uh, Brenda, where's your mother? That's why I, I play it all the way out. But um, she was just a, a sweetheart. And I remember she came home, and about a day or so, uh, the medicine, the chemo kicked in. And my wife be- became sick as a dog. And... Um, um, and it took a couple of days to get through this. When her body settled, she was to have 12 rounds uh, of treatments. And um, next week, she went back for a second treatment. And Brenda began to have the effects uh, almost immediately. I remember watching her standing, uh, Cecilia, in the mirror. And she was combing her hair, and clots of uh, hair was um, coming out. And I'm sitting in the bathroom, and the tears are just coming. And I am there in that bathroom. And I am desperate at this point 
because she already was losing weight and she didn't have much weight to lose uh, at, at all. And um, and I'm saying, Lord, uh, if if the cancer doesn't get her, the chemo will get her. Lord, it's only a matter of time here. She cannot do this. She went to a third treatment and became sicker. And I'm just, I, I went into prayer at such a level of desperation. I says, God, I'm just praying in Jesus' name, Lord, that, that you got to heal my wife. And I understand for the skeptics in the room, I know that God doesn't heal everybody. But, I, but he doesn't stop us from asking. And I just begin to comment God in such a way. And I said, God, you've got to save her, God. You've got to, I, Lord, I just begin to pray, Lord, you would take every cancerous cell out of her body, God. Anything that comes against her body that shouldn't be there, God, you've got to take it out. Father, you've got to give us another way, Lord, on how to get through this because this will take her out. And I just begin to pray in desperation. Let me tell you something. God hears the prayers of the desperate. And when you're praying out of desperation, it is not a nice little prayer. Well, Lord, would you just bless my wife? You begin to come at God. There's an, listen to this. Desperation prayer, there is an intensity to that prayer. I mean, you don't, you can be on your knees, you can be walking around the house. I remember uh, growing up, my aunt did some of my rearing uh, growing up. And I remember when things got hard, uh, uh, she, she, she didn't pray verbally anymore. I would always know when she was in intense prayer because she would walk around the house and she'd be humming to herself. And I said, and I had to learn when I got an adult, that was not just humming music. She was praying. There's sometimes your heart is so heavy with what you're going through is, is that you kick in, listen to this everybody, you kick into a totally different level of prayer. It's called the prayers of the desperate. I'm going to come back to that story in a minute. If you got your Bibles uh, uh, this evening and bring your Bibles each, uh, uh, each afternoon, or if you got your smartphones or uh, your tablets, um, uh, I, I have a pastor or staff and the only people on my staff that has a hard copy of the Bible is me. The rest of them have pads and smartphones. Can I get a, a amen for all the hard copy people? Amen. amen, amen. I just hope their battery doesn't go down when, they do, when they're doing this. Uh, let me show you about two folk uh, in the Bible out of several that got into praying with desperation. Look at the person beside you and tell them, sometimes you got to pray in desperation. Go to 1 Samuel, everybody. 1 Samuel. Uh, 1 Samuel um, chapter 1. And hold your finger there. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Remember, I'm going to teach this, and then we're going to experience it uh, together. 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1. And you know when you get to 1 Samuel chapter 1, that we are going to be looking at uh, this very painful and very engaging story of Hannah. You know, Hannah uh, uh, was in, living in a time that when you got married, that one of the highly embarrassing uh, parts of your life is that if you could not give your husband children, uh, especially a male child, uh, because a male children back then were ranked a little higher uh, than females at that time. Well, not only could she not give her husband children, but uh, her husband had um, another uh, wife uh, who was uh, delivering children and having children, and um, this other wife would uh, uh, would just put it in her face, and 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 Hannah knew God, and she she was praying to God uh, uh, for a child over and over again, but she could not get pregnant. There was no fertility clinic. 
uh, back in uh, uh, those days. There was uh, not fertility doctors you can go to and spend thousands of dollars trying to uh, uh, get pregnant. No one could get tested uh, to find out, you know, where was the problem uh, coming from biologically. It just didn't exist. All she knew is that she did not have children. And back in those days when you could not have children, you were looked at as, as, as living under the disfavor of God. And so in the culture, she was feeling the, uh, the pushback in the culture and, and the sense of, 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 sense of no self, uh, at that time. Not only that, uh, but she was also feeling rather guilty, uh, that what did I do in my life to deserve, uh, this state of affairs, uh, that I'm going through? So I want you to capture this, uh, to understand this level of praying is that she cannot have children. Uh, she is a husband, even though he, he loves her, she is struggling with his love. How can he love me? And so you can imagine that it's bringing about a pressure in the marriage. Uh, the more he is saying that I love you, she says you cannot love me because of all I'm ha- uh, happening. Her competitor uh, in the relationship uh, is having children left and right, and, and she's feeling less and less and less of a woman. She's praying every single day. And there are folk in this room, and I know you're in here, that you're praying for things over and over again, and they still have that happen. And, and, and most people end up giving up, but some people get desperate. And some people become a lot more uh, intense in coming at God uh, over things. And I, I want to read the verses and let you capture this uh, very much so, beginning uh, at verse 6. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb. Her rival, and I'm reading from the NIV, by the way, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. Look at me, everybody. Look at me. You got to hear this. Her, her rival kept pro- provoking her in order to irritate her. Look at me, everybody. This is going on day after day after day. And some of you in this room remember growing up and, and even your own siblings and friends, the things that were not working out for you, sometimes people just picked at that thing like a sore. And so her rival is, is every day just, just not just saying that, Hannah, I'm sorry you're not having a baby. God's going to bless you. You know, let's go into the church together. She says, huh, I can't believe it. I mean, what kind of woman are you? What kind of wife are you that, that you can't produce? I, I mean, you are less than a woman. She is irritating her. She is coming at her. This is, by the way, everybody, this is not a nice crater roll story. This is a story of life. Because the Bible deals with real life. And if you, if you unearth that thing a bit, uh, and she had, she could not turn on Oprah and work through this. She could not turn on the TV and listen to Dr. Phil. She was not able to go down to the, the, the local, or the local counselor and, or a psychiatrist to work through the issues that she's having, what's going on. There is no one to turn to because in those days, you didn't open up and just talk to people openly about things. And even with her husband, there was a level of, uh, of, of distance there because of how the culture operated with men and women. But yet he kept informing her and kept sharing with her, I love you, but this is not working for her. If have you ever been in a situation where, where you're not feeling good about things and things are not looking good around you, there is something that you feel sometimes less than. And without raising your hand right now, how many of you in this room have ever been through a situation where you feel less than? Maybe it was back in school. Maybe it was in your family growing up. Maybe it was on your job. Maybe it's right now in your marriage. 
But when you're feeling less than and you're feeling that, that nothing is working and, and you know God, you know eventually you've got to go to God. And, and she's praying all the right prayers. Say it again, Freddie Russell, I will. I'm glad you asked. She is praying all the right prayers. Perhaps she is doing this. Perhaps she's checking the box. And, and Lord, I'm praying for this, Lord. If it's your will, let your will be done. Lord, I just uh, believe that you not withhold anything from, from the righteous. You said in the word of God, and, and maybe she's praying all of the check your box prayers and nothing is still happening. Watch this, everybody. Verse, uh, verse, verse seven. This went on how long, everybody? Come on, everybody. Talk to me, everyone. This went on year after year. Okay, let me just stop right here. I want you to really to capture what's going on. This is going on year after year after year. And some of us will give up after the first three days that God is not going to. This is going on year after year. And she is not an unspiritual woman. She is praying all along. But watch this. Hannah went up to the house of the Lord. And her rival provoked her to she wept and she would not eat. Her husband, Elkanah, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping, honey? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Come on, you know, come on, Hannah. In the scheme of things, come on. Me, the, uh, trying to have a baby? I, I love you. I'm here. And so you got some tension that is kicking off in this family because he's saying you're so obsessed over having a child. Maybe, maybe, maybe wanting to have a baby is more important than being married to me. So you got tension that's being introduced and she's feeling it because it's affecting their communication uh, right now. And, and here's what happens. Happen. Verse 9. Once they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house. In her, what do you have there in verse 10? In her, in her what now? What I have in the NIV is in her deep anguish. Has anyone in this room ever been in deep anguish before? In her deep anguish. Hannah prayed to the Lord, uh, doing every, what everybody? Weeping bitterly. I mean, she is there. Look at me, everybody. She's right on the on the on the porch of the of the of the temple, and she's sitting there, and she begins to cry out to God. She's no longer embarrassed. She's no longer ashamed about who's going to see her, and she's not trying to openly invite uh, any observation. But but she's just there, and she she just begins to call out to God. God help me. Father, I'm, this is year after year. You see what's going on, God. You see the derision that I'm under, God. You see the tension that's happening in my family. God, all I want is a baby, God. That's it. Is that asking too much, God? You see, when you get to a time of desperation and your stuff in your life is so intense that you don't have a plan B, you're not sure where to turn, it's amazing that under anguish, how your prayers take on a whole different level of intensity. I'm just simply saying that God hears the prayers of the desperate. It's impossible for God to refuse the prayers.
prayers of the desperate, how he chooses the answer is one thing, but God cannot resist the prayers of the desperate. That's why when I go to church, sometimes I get sick of hearing people pray in church. They mumble little prayers out. They have little nice speeches they're saying to God, but you're in church some days and you said, does God, does God even hear this? Because everything is so stayed. Everyone is trying to be so careful and how they pray. And God says, stop giving me a speech. Pray. Listen to this. It gets better. Uh, Or worse as the case may be. Verse 11. In her deep anguish, verse 10, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look, listen to this prayer. If you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then God, I, I will give this boy to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And by the way, everyone, she's not sitting there with a dry eye. Tears are coming. Her heart is breaking. And if you've never gone through something in your life, if you've never been in a situation of where things are so challenging to you, if you've never been there before, then your prayers are going to stay at a level that just simply says, God, would you bless me? Bless me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Because that means you, you can answer your own prayers. You really don't need God. But when you're at a place of where things are, are just coming apart and, and you're facing a divorce of where he is saying, I'm out of here. All I'm doing right now is punching the clock in this family, but I'm out of here. When you know that you are having a political game running you on your job and you know if, that you know that any time the, the whole bottom on, on, the, on your being on that job would be pulled out because you know people have all knives out and they're coming at you. If you ever been in a situation of where you know that your kid, as we talked about in the intercessory prayer, the day at one o'clock uh, over at the chapel, that you got a kid uh, as, as three folk today or strung out on drugs. We have some mothers that come up today at one o'clock. This is my kid. I don't know what I'm going to do. My kid is strung out on drugs. My kid is an alcoholic at a young age, and I don't know what to do. If you ever been there before, then did you know that the just regular praying is not going to work? There's a desperation to this thing. So when I'm sitting there in my office and I'm watching up and down stairs and I'm watching my wife uh, pull the clumps of hair out and she's weak and, and they and they're giving her drugs, anti-nausea drugs, and, and the anti-nausea drugs is, is making her sick on the other end. And and I see her wasting away. I, I you think I'm going to sit there and just pray, Lord, would you just bless Brenda? Oh, God, I just want to thank you. No, God, help my wife. God, this is my wife. We have young kids, God. I cannot lose her right now, Father. Please help my wife. There's a level of praying. It's called the prayers of the desperate. And while Hannah is here, Hannah is saying, God, I don't know. God, help me, Lord. I I dedicate the kid to your father. She's saying here, Lord, you see my misery. You see what I'm going through. The prayers of the desperate. Turn in your Bible. Hold your finger there and go to Psalms chapter 50 and verse 15. Psalms chapter 50 and verse 15. Psalms 50. Listen to this, everybody. Oh, don't worry about it. I'm going to read it out loud. Psalms chapter 50 and verse 15. Here it is. David says, And I, 
and fifteen, verse fifteen, it says, "And call on me, and call on me in the day of what, everybody?" Now look at me, everyone. I mean, you're you're saying this. I'm saying you got to hear this. Jesus, God says, "Call on me in the day of what, everybody?" Has anybody been in trouble in here? He says, "Don't just come and give me a speech." He says, "Call to me." In the day of trouble. Turn over to Psalms 91. Flip a, a few verses over. Psalms chapter 91. And look at verses 14 through 16. Psalms 91. I hope you can write these verses down uh, if you can. Psalms 91. 91 verses 14 through 16. Listen to this. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledges my name. Verse 15. I love verse 15. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. Let me give you one more. Genesis chapter 33 and verse 3. Excuse me. Um, Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. And this probably is the uh, most powerful verse um, uh, that there is in scripture for me. Uh, Cecilia, probably the most powerful verse in the scripture for me. And it says this, and you got it, but let me say it to you. Look at me as I share it to you, with you. It says this, God says, call to me. Let me add another, another change of words there. Cry to me. Call out to me. Cry out to me. And he says, and I will answer you. And Cecilia, I need you to. Uh, and I will show you things that you do not owe, you do not even know. So he's saying to the people of God uh, in this verse, he says, "Call to me, call to me." I, I, I'm always wondering that that why is it that that when we're in trouble, we call on everybody else but God. Why is it that we go, we, we, and it's all right to go to the doctor, but we take all kind of medicines to help us to cope and to get through things. And God says, here I am, call to me. What is the, what is the verse of the song says? I need you, Lord. Oh, I need you. Every hour I need you. Oh, God. He says, I have all of these blessings. I, I want to hear you, but, but rather than you call to me, you get stressed out in life. You end up, you know, just just going to a thing, a place where you're just worrying about things. And and I was saying to the group at one o'clock on Sabbath morning, I'm amazed. Uh, and churches up uh, where you ever see the vantage point from the pastor? You walk up there on Sabbath morning, and people's faces are stressed out. You see that they're going through things, and 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 half the time they're not praying. And God says, "Here I am. I want to hear you. I I know about your kid. Come talk to me about your kid." Talk to me about the thing you're going through with your health right now. Tell me about the job. Talk to me about the marriage. Tell me about the, 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 the night sweats and tell me about the panic attacks that you're going through. Tell me about your life. And God says, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you things you do not even know. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy to help you in your time of need. He says, be anxious for nothing. 
anxious for nothing. So God, are you serious with that? You want me to, can I live a life of where I'm not anxious about anything that I'm never stressed out? God says, that's the idea. That's what I want for you. He says, but many of you who call yourselves Christians, he says, you don't even trust me. He said, how can you lead someone to Christ, to Christianity, when Christianity is not working for you? How is it that you can tell someone else, don't worry, when you are stressed out? When God says, here I am. I have so much for you. I'm waiting for you, God. I'm waiting for you to come on knees. I'm waiting for you that when, when, you're, when you are so having your back against the wall, God says, I'm here. And... Uh, I came downstairs one Sabbath morning and I was uh, going to go to church and just eating breakfast and my wife came downstairs one Sabbath morning after about the fourth treatment of chemotherapy and she says, Freddie, I just finished praying no more. I got another eight treatments to go but I will never make it. <laughs> she says, I've got to trust God on this one. And she says, I know Something has to work for other people, but for me, I need to go a different route. She says, I can't do anymore. And so we made a phone call to one more lifestyle center. And, uh, and they said, come on in. And it was uh, Heartland up in Northern Virginia. Just a train ride down from D.C. where we're living. And I remember that uh, we got her down there and she was to be there for about 10 or 12 or 13 days and I remember that they went radical with her in terms of uh, all of the, the water things. And uh, her, she was already vegetarian. They, they went radical with vegan and all kind of things they, be, they began to do. And, 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 and back home, my two small kids and I, every day, we were calling on God. And uh, it's something when I'm praying out of desperation, but it's something else when you got two small kids who begin to say, God, help mommy, Lord. Father, please bless our mom. Lord, please bring mommy back home. And I'm saying, God, is nowhere in the world you're not hearing these prayers. And it's true that God hears the prayers of the desperate. He really does. And praise God is that uh, after a few months, uh, we went back to the doctor, and the doctor, her regular doctor. And the regular doctor says, Miss Russell, uh, Brenda, we've done further treatments. And we've discovered is that we can't find the cancer. You know, if I was in a real church, they'd begin to put their hands together and just uh, praise God. Come on, everybody. I don't care what you, what you do in your church. Put your hands together for God. Amen. Amen. That's what we do. Somebody say, praise God. <laughs> no, no, you sound like you just mumbling. Someone say, praise God. <laughs> Amen. And my, her doctor was laughing. He says, she said, I want you to go to the oncologist. Because the oncologist was a guy who thought he was all of that. Brilliant. <laughs> and she says, just tell him, give him this report right here. And my wife went in and he was the one told us, you got to take the chemo. She can't make without the chemo. We both went in and she handed him the report. He did this. And what did you say you were doing? Well, just eating right, um, resting, uh, asking God. And what we did, we just prayed and Ask God, and, and remember, God can work through chemo. He heals in many ways. In this particular situation, he did it a different way. And he just simply looked at Brenda, he says, whatever you're doing, keep on doing it. And what we were doing was that we kept calling on God. 
We kept saying, God, you can change this. God, you can turn this. And Hannah says, God, I need you, God. You can do this. So this evening, I'm going to ask this afternoon, how many of you right now, and as I said, we're going to teach this, then experience it. How many of you right now, now I want to define this before you raise your hand, are in a desperate situation. Don't raise your hand yet. This is a situation where you don't have a plan B. This is a situation where you don't have a fallback position. This is a situation where the, the cavalry is not coming over the hill. This is a situation where you just don't know what you're going to do. You're sitting in this room and you've come to camp meeting. You're saying, God, uh, no one knows when you're walking me down the street what you're going through, even in services. But this afternoon, you're saying, Pastor, I'm in a, I'm in a situation that I get Hannah. I get that story. I'm in a desperate situation. I, and if God didn't come through, I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble, God. Oh, my family, oh, my man, I don't know what it is, God, but I'm in trouble. How many of you this afternoon in this place we pray for each other? I literally, not trying to up the ante on your situation, but how many of you this afternoon are in desperate situations? Okay. Okay. Several of you. Let's worship right now. Just slow it down some. Here we go. Bring the volume up some, if you will. Let's worship everybody. There is a place of quiet. Where is it, everybody? Near to the, the heart of God. A place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God oh Jesus bless redeemer sent from the heart of God hold us who wait before you near to the heart. Did you hear that terminology? You got to learn sometimes how to just wait in the presence of God. Not rushing out. Not trying to, Lord, I did it and I'm out of here. There is a power of just learning how to wait in God's presence, on your knees, standing, walking around the house, whatever it is, in your car, of learning how to wait in God's presence. And God says, when you're in my presence, that's what Moses said in Exodus chapter 33. He says, God, if your presence does not go with me, I'm not making a move. I know you said you're going to send an angel before us to the promised land. He says, but I don't want an angel, God. We got to have you, Lord. And the only way these folk around us will know that we're your people is that we have your presence. But sometimes we got so used to operating without God's presence that even when his presence is not there, we don't even miss it. Let me take it a little further. I've been through church services where it's obvious people are going through the bulletin. They're doing the right things at the same time, at the right time. They're standing, singing. All the stuff is on key. But you're sitting in that church, you said, 
one thing that's missing is the presence of God. And it's possible to have church without the presence of God. I've been through services like that. But the thing is, is when you get desperate, what you want to be in there more, you want to be at the place more than any other place, and that is just being God. God, please, God, help me. Father, please come through with us, God. Father, I don't know how you're going to work this thing out. Lord, every time I talk to my wife, God, uh, there's a reaction to it. Lord, she's, it's almost like, Lord, she doesn't, doesn't even like me anymore. You've been there before? Are you there right now? Of where, Lord, she's at this place, God, of that, Lord, unless you turn her hard, this marriage is going to be over. Father, I've talked to him blue in my face, God, to my husband, God, and, and his heart is drifting further, not only from you, Lord, from me, Lord, but it's obvious that his heart is drifting from you, God, and unless you do something, Father, this marriage is, is going south, God, quick. Father, my kid, it's not, it's not that they don't want to go to church anymore. My kid seems to be against God and everything I ever talked to this kid, Lord. God, I need you, Father. Otherwise, my child is lost, God. And my child is lost, God. I don't, I can't even, I can't even grasp that that would ever happen. You've been there. Those are the prayers of the desperate. And that's when you begin to say, Lord, I'm thine, O Lord. I've heard your voice. And it told of your love for me. But I long to rise, God, in the arms of faith and be closer drawn to thee. And then you get to that part that's not a hymn anymore. It becomes a prayer. Draw me nearer. Nearer, Lord, to thy precious breathing side. Let's worship this evening. Just very softly. Just close your eyes. Let's pray this song here. I am thine, O I have heard thy voice. And it told, and it told thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of faith and be closer, drawn. Here's our prayer. Pray this song, everybody. Draw me nearer. Lord, near, oh, blessed, to the cross where thou hast died. Draw me nearer, near, oh, blessed, Lord, to thy precious. Those this evening who are in desperate times right now. No fallback, no plan B. Um, just keep your where you were, right there. I'm going to pray over you this evening, and the rest of us are going to pray as well. And uh, just raise your hand quickly again if you're in a season of desperation. Okay? And what I'm going to just ask, just give me a one-word uh, description. Husband, wife, Children, health, job, child and husband. Let's begin to pray right now. Turn, what's your first name? Uh, Andy? Sandy. Sandy. Turn to send everybody. Just stretch your hands towards Sandy if you would uh, uh, right now. Father, right now, God, Sandy has been sitting here this afternoon, God, and she says in her heart, I get what he's talking about. 
Father, she didn't need to explain the details because you know the details, God. All we know is that she's a part of the body of Christ. All we know in your words, you said, uh, if one rejoices, we all rejoice. If one hurts, we all hurt. So this afternoon, God, we begin to call out, uh, Lord, uh, for Sandy's uh, kid and Sandy's husband, God. Uh, Father, I pray that, Father, whatever needs to happen, God, that you would turn the tide, Father, that you would do a shift in their lives, God. I pray, Lord, that, that you will rise up in their lives. And God, they don't even know her, her kid and her husband. They don't even know we're praying for them right now. But Father, I ask that right now you begin to impact their lives. And whatever needs to happen, God, that, that they will turn back towards you, God. Father, I'm asking God that, 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 Lord, you will raise up a standard in their lives right now, that you will have access to their hearts, and that, and that Lord, you will move them where they need to move, God. You will let them think what they need to think, God. And, and I'm praying that, Father, Lord, because Sandy is sitting here and the tears are coming down, God, and her heart is breaking, Father, you see her heart, God. You understand what's going on right now. And so, Father, I'm just asking you in the, in the name of Jesus and the power of the Godhead that you will go and that you will surround her husband and her kid, God. And whatever needs to happen again, Father, that you will bring that about. And as Sandy, God, over this encampment, as she waits in the presence of God, Father, when she goes back down this holy mountain, my prayer, God, that she begin to see a shift in her environment. The things begin to happen that have begun to happen that she can't explain. And people says, you, you, I, I see a difference in your son and your husband. What's going on? What happened? And all Sandy will say is two words, but God. If God did intervene, this would have never happened. But he does hear the prayers of the desperate. He does hear us when we call. And I'm a testament, a, testi a, a testifier of the reality that praise God for Sandy this afternoon. Praise God for. Where's the other people? Just raise your hands. Uh, of this evening, uh, the desperate. Give me one word. Where was it? Finances. Anybody else in that situation this afternoon? Just in finances. Amen. Let's begin to pray. Let's stretch our hands towards my sister here this evening. And now we're going to pray together. This is a concert of prayer. I want you to do is that she's asked God. And by the way, everybody, if you're in a situation and it's time for people to pray for you, you don't want them mumbling through the prayer. You want their heart to be touched with what's going on. She's not getting to any details, but we're just going to pray because we've all been there. And what you're going to do, everybody, is just open your mouth this evening. You're going to pray out loud. You're not going to mumble. You're going to pray so she can hear you. And I want you to just listen to the, the atmosphere of prayer that takes over this room. Stretch your hands towards her. And what's your first name? Sandy, Sandy also? Sandy, all right. Let's begin to open your mouths. Don't be fearful. Just pray that she can hear you. Let's pray right now. Father in heaven, we just begin to pray. That Lord, that the Lord happen to say in this life, God. Father, just raise your voice a little higher, everybody. That she can hear you. God, I just ask, Lord, with those finances, uh, just bless her, God. That you just bless her, God. Uh, you know what's going on right now, God. I pray that, God, that whatever she needs, that you're going to bring it about, God. I know you're going to handle this, God. I know. Lord, you said that all the cattle on the hills are yours. And, Father, you can open a fish mouth and get money for taxes. God, you can bless Sandy, God. And we just thank you, God, 
what you're going to do right now. Father, I begin to pray for Sandy, God, as the prayers, Lord, have ascended. Father, if you can open a fish mouth and get money out of it to pay taxes, then you can take care of Sandy, God. You are not intimidated by her circumstance. You are not overwhelmed by what she needs right now, God. But Lord, she knows the need, God, but more than that, you know the need. And you already know how you're going to bring her out of it. So Lord, we pray to her, bring her out of it, God, right now. And Father, my prayer is that you won't just allow Sandy to get through this. You allow Sandy to grow through this, God. That when she comes out on the other side, Lord, uh, uh, Lord, she, she cannot testify unless she has gone through a test. And now, Lord, she can testify to the goodness of the Lord. This is where I was, but this is where I am now. And the only person who came through was God. And Lord, thank you, Lord, that our heart is coming so strong to you this evening. And I just praise you, God. And uh, Lord, I want to praise you and thank you what you've already done for Sandy, even before she can see it. Lord, we thank you for it. For our prayer is in Jesus' name that all of God's people say, Amen. And so the others who raised their hand uh, this afternoon, once I dismiss everybody else, I want to ask if you just stay by uh, for a few minutes because I just want to pray into your life and come into agreement with you uh, over those things. Listen to this, everybody. Desperate and soul-staring prayers result in answers when God is sought in desperation. When God is sought in desperation he responds because God listen to this cannot resist the prayers of the desperate cannot Father thank you for this time together thank you Lord not only for the setup and the teaching but God we can experience a bit of this as all of us at one time or another you will allow all of us to go through times when we just do not know. And now we know, Lord, that we can get rid of our inhibitions, just come at you, God. And not just calling on you, but as the Bible says with many men and women in the Bible, to learn how to cry out to God. And Father, I thank you that you're going to hear and you're going to answer. And we love you, God, with all of our hearts. Well, all of our hearts, we actually love you for our prayer in, is in Jesus' name. Let everybody say, Amen. Amen. Look at the person to your left and right. If they're a believer, just tell them, He will answer your prayers on the left and right. God bless you.